This podcast is produced by Visionary Studios. Hi, everyone. I'm Mitchell Rail. And I'm Wade Clausen. And welcome back to Let's Unpack That. Today, we are joined by Dylan Ike. Dylan, welcome. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I'm just so happy to be here. Y'all are my first ever podcast. Well, so welcome. I'm like thrilled to be first here. First time for everything. I know. I was like, wow, these mics are even fancier than like what I've seen on like the TikToks. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for being here. Thanks for coming. Of course. Um, being here in Milwaukee. So mm-hmm. give everyone a little bit of background on who you are, mm-hmm. where you're from, where you are now, what you do. Give us the big picture. Perfect. I love an elevator pitch. Yes. Um, my name's Dylan. Like you guys said, I'm born and raised in Minneapolis, like a suburb right outside. And then I moved to Chicago where I live now about four years ago which is crazy because it's the longest that I've lived anywhere since I was in high school. But no, I work in advertising. I'm a senior project manager, and then I also teach spin classes. Very versatile. Yeah, that's like my like Hannah Montana moment. It's like, <laughs> like, that's like, the world. Uh-huh, exactly. Right love, love. I just took my first spin class the other weekend. How did we do? It was good. My yeah. body hurt for like two days after. Yeah. But it was fun. I loved it. I wish the music was better, but... Oh. Okay. <laughs> He's like, I'm not mean, at my spin No, class. I was like, it, it could not be me. <laughs> no, I texted Dylan the other, the other day and I was like, can I like come to one of your spin classes? And he's like, it's too exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, sorry. I have, I have like a wait list. It's in, the, it's in like a hidden alley. Yep. <laughs> There's like secret code and then go to get oh, inside. Really? It's like a speakeasy, but like spin classes. <laughs> okay. okay, very exclusive. Yeah. Very exclusive. No, I'm sorry. Well, go again. The instruction of the music, I feel like, really makes, like, those classes. It was fine. Like, I just didn't know any of the music, I think. Okay, like, what, wait, what was, like, the vibe? I mean, it was, like, songs from TikTok that, like, I knew them, but, like, it, I really want to have, like, a song. I know every word of the song. You know, yeah, not, like, just, like, a 15-second sample. Yeah, the only one that I knew was, like, a Taylor Swift song, and I was like, okay, I can get into this. It's, like, it's, yeah. it, was, it was, like, the Reputation okay. album, and I was like, okay, this is good for it's this. It's just, like, the 10-minute the all-too-well version. <laughs> it's, like, that's it. <laughs> They just need to play gay music, I guess. They, I think uh, it's so easy. It's yeah, just it's put really on like to... gay bops off like Spotify, and it's, you can. I don't know how you fumble the bag like that. No, for spin classes, it's really, really hard to mess it up. They, they need you to teach them the ways. They I need will. like the Dylan Ike manual of how to actually have a spin class. <laughs> I have like hundreds of playlists for them. So let's go back. You said you grew up in Minneapolis, yeah. correct? So what was it like growing up there and kind of coming into yourself as a gay individual? Yeah, growing up in Minnesota was like, I don't know, I had a pretty like fun childhood. It was pretty normal. I was just like from a middle class, like suburban family. Like we would go like up north and go to like the cabin and we go boating. Um, I grew up playing every single sport underneath the sun. I played hockey for seven years. I played baseball, football, but then I dropped everything when I was like in like sixth or seventh grade. And that was a tough conversation with my my father, who's like the all-state hockey football player. Like in his parents' basement, there's like a huge printout of him, like when he won the state championship from like high school. And so like that, that's like what I like, grew up looking at. I was like, oh God, I was like, that's certainly not me. Um, but I switched to doing like acting and student council, which okay. I was like- That's a, that's a shift. Uh, it's that it's, it's quite a, shift. a shift. And if it wasn't like a little like telltale rainbow flag <laughs> waving moment. Um, Every gay yeah, is in student right. council. Just join the swim team and that'd be, that'd be the final piece. The right final there. piece of the puzzle. So yeah. were you just into acting or like singing as well? Yeah, no, I did like the full choir moment. Okay. Like when I was in high school, Glee was super big. Okay, like yeah. we formed a Glee club. I'm oh, just like no. looking back. I'm like, oh 
<laughs> like the the most cringy thing that we did in this glee club was I had to sing I got a feeling in front of my whole graduating class. Like it was like oh, so no, luckily there was like everyone else who was oh, in okay. the glee club. Okay. But it's like looking back on it and we wore like all black button downs and like gold ties and like the girls wore button downs and then like I think gold um, like scarves. And it was just, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was, and oh man, we do like pop-up performances when people like walk into school. So it was like 7.30 in the morning. Like flash mobs? Yeah. And it was 7.30 no. in, the, in the morning and we were singing like, you can't stop the beat and doing full choreo. And it's <laughs> yes, like, people were walking in like, I like, they just got their coffee and they're walking in. Yeah. That's, that's everything. Yep. I love that though. That's, yep. a, that's a sleigh. What exactly. was your favorite musical you did? Oh man. Um, I did Susical the musical. Oh no, Same. I did too. I did too. Who were you? I was the Grinch. Oh, okay, work. Mm -hmm. When I was in elementary school, I was in a high school production of Susical. I was JoJo. Okay. I was I was Cat in the Hat. Okay, mm-hmm. love, love. It's like, so when that TikTok trend started going around, you're like, um, I can't remember. So you're not a teenage dirtbag. You played Cat in the Hat in Susical, and I was like, oh my god, like this is like a little. Too <laughs> I can real see for you me. as Cat in the Hat. I can yep. see. No, it. I can. Definitely. I was this height, but like 125 pounds, 130 pounds, soaking wet. Love yep, that. I had my growth spurt all in like one like summer. Dang, between... that's a lot of growing. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> no, like I, I was like I think like five eight, and then all of a sudden I grew up to like five eleven, six feet over like the course of like one summer. Yeah. Look at you. But that, that's so fun. I love Susical. I feel like there was like a moment there for like a decade where like Susical was everywhere. Yeah. Um, I think I'll, everyone did it. Yeah. Yep. I'll never forget being in the bathtub as Jojo and like seeing anything's possible. Mm-hmm. And they had like these glow in the dark fish. Oh, they were everywhere. Yeah, like, wow. I had, there was a bubble machine in the bathtub. It was like, it was, I was living my moment. Oh my it was so fun. So after high school, did you continue being a part of like musicals and choir or did, did you leave that part of you, yourself behind? I kind of left that behind for a little bit. I did some like acting like on the side or like some little like, like modeling stuff on the side, just like make some like walking around money, you know, like I like had some like agent representation, like when I was in college. Okay. Um, but that was just like to pay some bills. Um, like I was in a, like Jostens campaign, like, you know, like the yearbook mm-hmm. company. And so like, again, really traumatizing senior year because I was in the campaign that they like showed our entire high school graduating class. Oh, like no. I was like modeling, like class of 2011 merch and like in front of the auditorium like my, all of my classmates and like they all like made the people go back in the presentation and like scream like yo that's Dylan like I was the guy from Glee no, literally. <laughs> but, you, but you had your back yeah oh my god that was like one of the biggest like like checks that like amount of money I've ever seen for like just like a day of like work it was like it was like a thousand dollars and I like as a 16 year old I was like oh my god I'm like, I am, I am rich bank. yeah <laughs> And it was, it was so easy. I was like, this is great. You graduate high school. Yeah. What is it like going to college for you? Yeah, going to college was tough. So I started off going to a small private school in North Carolina called Elon. Mm-hmm. Good times. Went there for like one semester. I don't even know why I wanted to go there. I was like, I don't want to go to the University of Minnesota. That's where everyone's going. So I was like having my like, I want to be different moment, get away from everyone a month in to like a semester there. And I was like, oh, like this is like truly not the place for me. Having grown up in like suburban Minnesota and then going to the East Coast, there was a lot of kids who came from like affluent backgrounds, like Upper East Coast. And they went to Elon because they couldn't get to like into Duke or UNC. And so it was a lot of a lot of money that I wasn't used to. Like kids were like they came from boarding schools, and like and I was like I was like that's real. Like people are like dead ass going to boarding schools. Yeah. And I remember I got made fun of like the like the clothes I was wearing because I was wearing um, cargo shorts. And I remember I went to like this frat party, and some guy stops me. He's like, 
I don't think I can let you in. Uh, and I was like, why? He's like, he looks down. He's like, I think you know why. And I was like, oh my God, he let me in. But it was like, that was like the type of energy I was met with like the whole semester I was there. Straight men, the audacity oh to my be God. like cargo shorts. Yeah. <laughs> like you think like the gays are judging, like wait, like those straight men. They flip their underwear. Yes. So they should not say anything about cargo shorts. Yeah, please don't come for me. It was not fun. Still closeted at that time too. Okay. So I was like, not living like my full truth yet. So that was also tough. When did you come out? I came out in 2013, like okay. in that summer. When you were at Elon, were you like doing things with guys or were you like fully in the closet, like doing nothing at all? No, I did not have my first kiss till I was 20. No, like no girls, no guys. You didn't date girls? Did girls I, try to get with you? Were they girls like, like would try. Like there was like a, I think like I was at an eighth grade dance and like these like girls were, like two girls came up to me and were dancing. Like one was like in front of me and one was behind me and like danced around me. And like I danced with them for like 10 seconds and then I like made up an excuse to leave. <laughs> I was like, this has been fun. I'm going to go. Uh-huh. And I was like, you look back and just like all those signs are just like so clear. Did you know? I definitely like knew, but it's like kind of one of those things where you compartmentalize it and like put it away like I remember this time when I was um like in high school like I like wrote like I'm not gay and then I set it on fire and then like it like disintegrated and then I went and read my bible I was oh, like I was no. like I am cured and then I just like felt like I was like asexual for like a year and a half you did the classic gay like where I'm like I am just like so busy mm-hmm. yeah. like I joined every club I joined like yeah student council NHS I was in the plays you just like find more things to sign up for just to distract people from asking that question. They're like, ooh, Danny was like, how could I? I have like so many things going on right now. When you were in college, like, was that like when you were kind of doing all that? Like, I am too busy for this, like, and granting yourself in that religious past you had had, like, was there any struggle for you in really coming to accept yourself? I was still like trying to like date girls up until I think what, like the beginning of my sophomore semester. Okay. Like I remember like still like some like text messages with my mom, be like, oh, like, like met this like cute girl. And like just having like this, like uh, such awkward back and forth with my mom about how to like get girls. And I just like, it just like always like felt wrong. And then I got accepted to be an orientation leader at the University of Missouri. The like first guy who like came on to me, like barely, like I like, like fully was like in, and that was like my first kiss. I just needed like someone mm-hmm. to like make the first move. Mm-hmm. That was it, it was all history. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I like this, this is what yeah. it's like. Yep. So I was like, oh man, we have a lot of work to do on ourselves. <laughs> figure this all out. So you graduate? Yep, so I graduate. And you then- leave? Yep, Missouri. I leave. The job I got after school was I drove the planter's nutmobile. What did you get a degree in? What was your degree? Uh, like marketing. Take me through the thought process because it's like, okay, you know, I could look at like a marketing coordinator job or, or I could be like, let's drive the nutmobile. Yeah, no. How, like, does, how does that come to be for you? The Wienermobile recruits at the University of Missouri like every single year. It's like we're like one of their like flagship schools. And so they go there every single year to recruit. Mm-hmm. And I, the, their sales pitch is just so incredible. It's like you're getting paid to travel for an entire year. Like you have your like flatline salary. Um, they pay for hotels, they pay for gas. Um, and you're just doing like brand events. And honestly, it's just like kind of like a fifth year of college. Like 
it was just like so like not a serious job. Like obviously you're driving like a million dollar vehicle. So like that's kind of like intense. There was 21 of us who drove the nine vehicles. So, it was, like, so would you have time off then? Yep. So we had like a fall break. We had a spring break. Like we all went to the Dominican Republic together. Like I said, it is a fifth year of college. And so like it's like so all fun. 21 of us were just like so close. And like, did they pay for like your meals and stuff? Yep. We got meal vouchers every week. Wow. And they paid for hotels. So what was that experience like? What was your favorite parts of getting to have that? Yeah, it job. was being able to like see different cities across the country. And then also like just as a queer person, like my only queer experience was in Columbia, Missouri. Mm -hmm. And so going to like even like Columbus, Ohio or like Cincinnati or Miami, New York, D.C., just like seeing those uh, queer environments and queer neighborhoods. It was just like incredible. It's kind of a cool way of figuring out where you want to live. Yeah, mm -hmm. it was. And like, I, I was on Tinder the whole time too. So it was like really fun. Like I kept my whole Tinder. So then at the end of like my whole year, I like saw like the list of people and they were all from all over the country, which was kind of fun. I went on some like fun dates with people, of course, like no like long distance romances, but there were, have been like instances where people like meet people on the road and like get like end up like dating someone or like you marry one of the, like your coworkers or partners because it's just intense. And like the things that I've seen, the stories, because like a lot of our events were like retail events. And so I was doing like retail events in like the middle of Alabama and just like, like, oh, no. like, like, the, just, like <laughs> the people that I've met and the stories that I've heard from complete strangers, because like I would just like sit outside like a Walmart for like five hours and like just like passing out products and people would just like come up to us and just like unload their traumas and stories onto you. You like, you <laughs> like, I'm just trying to give you a nut. Literally, <laughs> you like literally pack, like pass them a pack of peanuts and be like, I hope you have a great day. And they're like, you know, I really haven't had a great day. And then they like go on this whole tangent and then you're like, wow. And there's a whole life story. You're also a therapist, yep. I guess. No, for sure. Free therapy. Yep. Free <laughs> therapy. People just want someone to talk to is what I gathered. So after that year in your life, what's next? Yeah. So after that, I moved to DC. Absolutely love Washington, DC. I visited there when I drove the Nutmobile. And I was like, wait, this is really cool because I only th thought of DC as just like the place you go on your eighth grade field trip. Like mm -hmm. that, like to me is, was really it. But seeing like the nightlife, it is like surprisingly one of like the, the most queer cities I mm -hmm. think in like the world. Mm -hmm. um, it was incredible. Living there was like, and such an impactful experience for me. Like I had never been able to visualize what like queer adulthood look like. Like I could see it presently, but to meet so many people who are like in like their thirties and forties, like living their best queer, like authentic life. I was like, oh my God, like I like truly like had never seen that and didn't think it was possible. Like you just like, we just like didn't have that representation in like yeah. media to like look at growing yeah. up. So like yeah. to see it in person, seeing people like married yeah. or like, I guess during that time, no, they just passed uh, like gay marriage, but I think DC is so interesting too. Like it's such like a high profile area too that I yes. would imagine the people that you could be connecting with, going on dates with, even like just interacting with, yeah, like, being in the same circle as could be like people that really have like some influential authority and power. Yeah, it was always interesting to like peel back the curtain and just like kind of like see people like outside of work. So after DC, you yeah. said it was way too much money. Yeah, DC is very expensive, but recommend everyone goes and visits or shout out to everyone living there. It is just so much fun. Um, I moved back to Minnesota and I lived at home for about like a year and a half. Okay, did you work there as well? Yep, worked back at an advertising agency, collected some coin that I had lost when I lived in DC, lived with mom and dad, which was a completely different experience than like when I lived with them 
as like a high schooler because high school Dylan in the closet was very like, yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Like just like in, in you stay in your little box so people don't question you. So me coming back and living with my parents after I had like this whole year of like queer freedom and I like discovered my personality. It was like, it was like for a little bit, it was really tough with my parents. I think my mom at one point described me. She said, you're being a little rare is how my mom described it. A, a little rare? A little rare, like, sh- like yep. Oh, a little, like, raw? Like, like yep, just, like, like a little, like, feisty. Like, like sassy. Oh, okay. Yeah, a little sassy. Okay. Uh-huh. So, coming back to Minneapolis, or Minnesota, um, like, when you, you grew up there, you weren't out or anything. What was, like, your experiences in the gay community there? Yeah, it was, it was definitely pretty wild. Like, there's, like, this, like, popular gay bar called The Saloon in Minneapolis. Have you guys heard of it? Yes. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's, it's wild because they have, like, this huge billboard of, like, it's like half naked man always up. And I just remember like passing it as a kid because it's right next to the Ordway Theater. Or I think the Orpheum, excuse me. And so seeing like that was always traumatizing because you try to just like avert your gaze. It was just like in Target walking down the underwear aisle where you're like, I'm just like not looking. Like I'm, I'm not, and I'm not engaging in like this. Yeah. Um, so to like go into that space like frequently, it was like definitely for a while like an out of body experience because like it just brought back so many like suppressed memories as a kid, like going around that space and being so scared. Um, but to give myself like the chance to like unpack some of those issues. So you were living with your parents though. Yeah. So like, were you dating people? Were you hooking up with people? Like what, what were you doing? What was Dylan doing? I met people at Pride. So I moved back, let me see, in like November of 2017. Okay. And so I didn't really have many queer friends like for a while that I was there. Um, but I went to Pride in June and I literally showed up by myself because I was like, I'm just throwing myself out there. Like, I think I'd like talked to someone on Instagram who invited me to a pregame, had never met them, anyone at all and I just like showed up this pregame by myself I was like well just throw myself into this mm-hmm. hopefully meet some friends mm-hmm. um and then from there I ended up like meeting like some of my best friends and then um it just like really worked out and I just kept putting in the effort I would drive like 45 minutes to go hang out with them most weekends that's a truck yeah it's definitely a trek wasn't dating. Um, I don't know. I think something about like living at home. I was like, it's like my elevator pitch isn't very strong right now. I was like, yeah, I work here, live with my parents, like in Woodbury. Minneapolis was so much fun. I would def- definitely like possibly like to live there, like in like my own space, like someday, not anytime soon because I absolutely adore Chicago. So did you move to Chicago after Minneapolis then? I did. I, so in, when I was in Minnesota, right before I moved to Chicago, I actually was on a Norwegian reality TV show. Mm-hmm. And so right before I left for Norway, I literally sent like a deposit down to my roommates um, for like an apartment. So I was like, I don't care where we live. I don't know how long I'm gonna be gone for. I'm like, here's my money. When I move, whenever I get back, I'll just move to Chicago. How was the show? Tell us about this. Yeah. So you, it's, I think it's very rare that someone is on a reality show. Yeah. Let alone a Norwegian yep. or Nordic mm-hmm. re, uh, reality show. Yeah. How did this come to be? What is the show? Yeah. What was your experience like on the show? A lot of history with this, with this show. So when I was, I believe, 20 years old, when I was back for Christmas break back in Minnesota, I like matched with this guy on Tinder. He was like, I thought he was so attractive. We end up like getting like a drink at his house because I wasn't 21 yet. Um, So like had a drink at his house and like on our first date, 
he like brings up this show called Alt for Norgay and it, he was a contestant on it. And so like our first date is like us drinking beers while he is like showing me episodes of his TV show, <laughs> which in hindsight, I'm just like, kind oh, of a red my flag. God. But like 20 <laughs> year old me was like, oh my God. Like, You're like, wow, a celebrity. <laughs> I was like freaking out. I was like freaking out. And fast forward like five years, it was definitely something that was always like in the back of my mind as like something that I could do. When I was back in Minnesota, I applied for the show. I like got like made a whole audition tape. I did like a Zoom interview. Um, and then I got invited to Chicago to do like the in-person interviews. And then they fly all the producers out from Norway to Chicago where they do some just like um, like test screenings and they ask you questions for like an hour. Didn't get cast for the first time I tried out and got um, asked to come back the next year. Went through the whole process again. Yeah. Um, definitely just felt better about myself too. Yeah. Um, so it all worked out the way it was supposed to. Um, but got cast on this TV show, really had no idea what to expect. I mean, you like, I watched reality TV my entire life, but to like be inside of one was like definitely like, an out of body experience. Like to do like the, like the interviews and like the standups, wearing like the mic packs all the time. It's like really cool having like the cameras follow you. I was like, this is this is a wild experience. The whole premise of the show is like they take Norwegian Americans um, who have like living Norwegian relatives, and so you compete and travel across the country to like meet your living relatives. And so the winner of the show like gets like to meet their relatives in person and have this whole party. You get fifty grand. And so it is like this whole competition. And so like how like a week to week would work is like we would go to like a certain city, you'd learn some like history, you'd do like a group challenge. And then if your team lost, then the next week in a different city, you compete against each other and then one of you would go home. And so I did that for about two months. That's fun. Yeah. You didn't win, did you? I did not. I got second place, which is like... Wow. Yeah, no, I was, very, I was very impressed with myself, but I literally ha almost had like a, like a Miss Vanjie moment. I was like a wrong question away from going home first. And it was like, it was deeply traumatic because like <laughs> that was like my whole thing with like my friends. They were like, we do not care how you do. Just do not go home first. And like the first elimination challenge was like, it was like five people and then someone would win that one and then go to four now and then so on and so forth. Then it was me and one other person. And then in my head, I was just like, oh my God, like I'm about to go home first. But like in that moment, I turned on like my like lip sync for my life moment. And I was like, I'm not going home. And, and it worked. And then like- Manifestation. So yeah. Was, was, the, was, the, was the elimination based on like points earned or was it like, a, was there people voting or? It, no, everything was like, uh, like either like a skill based, like, there was one elimination challenge where it was like a Jeopardy style competition. Um, but then there was like another really complex one where it was like, there was like, bear with me. This is, it was so complicated, but it was like, like a, a wall that had three questions on it and okay. three answers. And so you had to get all the questions right with the right puzzle pieces and then like put the puzzle pieces together okay. and then like unlock a box with like the combination that was on the puzzle. All the while this like person is like running across a field to like get you and like I'll send you the clips no please but yes. like it is so wild and like there's a baby stroller and they like if you touch the stroller then the woman would like walk backwards and so it was okay. like you're like juggling it was were these games like at all tied to like Nor Norwegian culture yep so the, that one was based on like a folk tale where it was like okay. this like evil woman would like steal people's babies and then like you like that's if people had like bad kids it'd be like oh it's because the Haldra monster swapped out like their kid with like a demon baby 
Oh, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Yeah. So before all that, before you had gone on the show, had you had like exposure to Norwegian culture or was this all like a big, like so much learning for you when you jumped into this? It was definitely like a new experience for myself. Like my, like my grandma, like had like the, like kiss me, I'm Norwegian, um, like aprons and like they called her big Norway. Um, <laughs> so like that, but that was like my only like like level of like interest whereas like other people on the show like went to like Norwegian camp I like bust my ass to like do well like I was like studying all the time oh my gosh yeah I was like, I like st- the, the Norwegian history textbook no literally <laughs> like the joke mm-hmm. is like I studied more in that like two month span than I did like my entire college experience because <laughs> I was just like up late studying you get second place yeah you know, you're you're sent home I know I remember you had mentioned to me previously that like your family was like about to be flown out and then they like yeah, canceled their no, ticket that, that's the thing like had I won they would have like flown my parents to like my like family's familial home and they had this like huge like a hundred person party that they just like straight up canceled that's so rude I know <laughs> like looking back I was like and it's like when I lost like I was like pretty like devastated because it was like for 50 days I was just like in this like like that was like my entire world like I didn't have a cell phone for 50 days like you're just like truly oh, no. living and breathing this like whole experience and so like to have it like right at the end crumble in front of me I like remember I like was sitting on this like rock structure and it was just like inconsolably like sobbing and like we had like mothers and like three of them who like took care of us and made sure we had to go and like one of them came and like was with me and like hugging me and I was just like drinking champagne just like sad (laughs) Um, but yeah the girl who did win is like one of my best friends and like was like the only person where I was like okay if it's not gonna be me like I would love it to be her. She was like she was a special ed teacher. She wanted to open her own yoga studio, and I was like, "Well, I want like fifty grand to just like hang out." So I was like, "You know what? <laughs> you, you you take yeah. this money. Like you deserve this." I think. So for you to kind of wrap this up, yeah, um, Dylan, what advice would you give maybe a, a younger version of yourself, the, mm. the version of yourself who was maybe you know in that fir- that one semester at Elon, or mm-hmm. someone who, before he even went to really realize he was gay, yeah. what advice would you give that, that younger version of yourself? Man, I think I would tell myself, just like give everything time. I mean, I started therapy like a year ago, and like that was one thing that I talked about with my therapist, it's just like time is like the number one thing that just like heals like all like issues and all traumas, it's just you have to give everything time. And so I would just tell younger me to give yourself time, give yourself space and grace just to enjoy life and to be present and not to be so scared about who you are or be so scared about the future um, that over time you will see yourself turn into like such an amazing, incredible, like passionate, openly queer person. Um, but you just have to give yourself time for that to develop because it's not something that happens overnight. You don't wake up one day and be like, I'm just this openly queer person. I'm so confident (laughs) in everything that I do because I know that I'm still not 100% there, but just in comparison to where I was like in high school, I mean, it's it's been quite a journey and quite a ride, Um, but just giving yourself that time and space to just to appreciate who you are now and then also who you're going to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much, Dylan, yeah, for coming. No, thank y'all uh, so much. This is so, so much fun. And I of course. just have to say, I love what you guys are doing. I think that's like how I like, befriended both of you. It's like your stuff came up on like my TikTok and I just like loved your content. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that I listen to a lot of like, um, 
like dating podcast, but it's all through the lens of just mostly straight experiences. Mm -hmm. And so to find people talking about queer issues and talk about queer relationships was so refreshing. Um, so I just want to tell you guys to keep yeah. it up. You guys are doing amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I absolutely love it. If you ever want to come back, you're always welcome. Um, but do you want to give everyone your socials so they can check you out? Yeah, of course. It's just at Dylan Ike. It's just my first name, last name. So it's D-Y-L-A-N-P-I-K-E. Amazing. Thanks so much, Dylan. You guys can follow us on TikTok at UnpackThatPod and on Instagram at UnpackTHT. We're off next week for Thanksgiving. We'll be back December 1st for a very special episode for World AIDS Day. But have a great Thanksgiving, everyone. We're so thankful for all of you. See you guys later. Bye.